Welcome to the Talking People and Technology podcast. I'm Jared Cameron. We are live from the Contingent Workforce Conference. I'm here with David G as per usual. Dave, how are we doing? Great, mate. Just had lunch. We're in the sleepy after lunch segment, so we're going to need someone vibrant to join us now. Have well, we got one of those? Well, I think we do. We've got Ruby Lee from Cogent with us. Ruby, great to have you on the podcast. Well, thank you. And be careful what you wish for, because my tagline is an extreme extrovert. Extreme extrovert. So, <laughs> you know, extreme extrovert. Approach with caution. Unreal. It's an extrovert off then. Yeah, let's do it. Referee Jared here. (laughs) Where's the whistle? (laughs) (laughs) We don't need one. Let's just get stuck in. Ruby, you've just come straight out of a session, right? Yes. What what was your session about? Okay, so the session was all about uh, tech diversity. So, no, actually, more specifically, diversity in the contingent workforce, and I spoke more specifically about the tech um, industry. Right. I mean, we we, we hear a lot about diversity. I've, I've worked for a council personally, and that was a very big focus around diversity in the council and what were some of the themes that sort of came out through that discussion just before? Yeah, I think some of the themes are mostly around uh, is the contingent workforce at the moment highly skewed towards being more so a male dominant um, environment? Mm. Um, I think the answer to that at the moment is yes. Um, Secondly, we talked a little bit about gender pay gap. Um, So there was um, a gentleman on the panel from Lion um, and he was talking about um, addressing the gender pay gap issues um, internally um, and I kind of countered that with I guess the opposite effect in technology where we're seeing um, more women getting paid much higher, more ridiculous salaries than ever thought of before than uh, some of my male colleagues um, internally as well. So it's quite an interesting topic alone and we could talk about that yeah, for all day long. hours yeah, and hours awesome. and all day long. But yeah. A, a, little, a little birdie told me that you are uh you dropped a bit of a bomb about what happens at Cogent with open <laughs> salaries. So uh, tell us about, what, what is the, an open salary? The S-bomb. The <laughs> S-bomb. <laughs> well, I didn't mean to drop a bomb. I actually didn't even realise I dropped one. Um, but no, so at Cogent we run an open salaries policy. Um, it is definitely, I think, one of a kind. Um, there are companies out there like Buffer who do it extremely well overseas. Um, and they're you know transparent right through to their profit lines and whatnot. So for us, um, we, we really started um, open salary. I think it really just came from a place of like, why? Why why are salaries so hidden? Why is there a veil up? Um, there really isn't any kind of logical explanation to that. And traditionally speaking, I can say this because I'm from HR. HR hold on to it so tightly. Yeah. Oh, they do, don't um, they? Yeah, I think, it's, um, I think it's certainly something that's not really being talked about quite openly. But Cogent, we run an open salaries policy. We've currently got about 45 employees. Um, so we're still a nice size that we can do that quite effectively. Um, so what open salaries means is just that. I have to explain this sometimes. Where yeah. um, So what happens is, everyone's salaries are recorded on a spreadsheet yep. that's just saved in our Dropbox file. You can Anyone can just double click into it, have a look through, scroll down to Ruby Lee and see the ridiculous dollars that I'm on. Yeah. <laughs> but sure, it'd just be a range though, a broad kind of generic range? No, specific dollars. Right. Specific dollars right down yep. to the cent. Um, yes, we do have job grading. So um, we've got, I think, up to like 22 to 25 levels at the moment. Right. So um, that sort of guides at least the process that people go through 
through to get you know to get to their salary, but yes, yeah, but you're still you're completely transparent about yeah. what's something that's amazing. Right. And everyone from the junior developer right up through to the CEO. So mm. it's yeah, it's extremely um, confronting when you first sort mm. of start to see that. But I think some interesting behaviours have fallen from it as well. So um, we go through salary review as would every other organisation, and that again is a very open and transparent process. Um, so much so that the team have a say in what you're on, Dave, and right. you know. Right. Potentially, oh, wow. um, what I'm being valued at um, at market. So mm. it's very um, inclusive in that sense. And I think touching back on um, gender diversity in particular and how that affects um, women getting paid fairly in the workforce. Yep. Um, that the intention of open salaries is that everyone is assessed fairly. Yeah. It doesn't matter um, what background or you know what gender you're from. But interestingly enough, it has actually backfired at times. So I was just sharing with the panel here um, one particular instance where I took a candidate through to offer. Um, I thought it was a fair and equitable process um, and and she had acknowledged that as well. Um, So obviously being a female developer you're very very wanted in the um in the recruiting space a competitor down the road um pretty much offered her another i think it was close to another 40 grand on top of our offer um and quite blatantly as well just to say look you know we definitely have a need for female developers we know there's a real gap in the market so we need to pay for that so that's an instance where open salaries hasn't really worked yeah to our advantage gave the competition a bit of an an opportunity to work out how big an offer do we need to make to win that one over? Yeah, so yeah. exactly. Yeah. 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 Oh, frustrating. Mm. Isn't it? I mean, it's the ultimate glass door, isn't it, really? Well, it is. Yeah, and I think, look, uh, I mean, I think that ability to... I, I watch a lot of sport, right? And I think there's, that's probably one area of professional life now yes. where salaries are probably quite open. Yes. Um, and so players would know what each other are loosely enough to make a difference and you've got the million dollar superstars alongside the... Yeah, that's right. And, um, and so that whole is that person worth it all that sort of stuff must must play is, is there a similar kind of vibe around that do you know what not so much so i think it surprises me how not talked about it yeah. is well, actually, so to, mm. just to sort of jump in on that what i meant is more like that because what um when i hear interviews about what players pursue they go i actually don't care what the guy's yes. on i care about what he contributes yes exactly yeah. and and you know if that's not adding the value then i might start to question yeah. things but in, yep. inherently I'm not really concerned about it. Is that Yeah, like I think it? so a certain behaviour that I'd, I'd like to call out which I think is inherently also very similar to the teamwork that you'd see in sports teams yeah. is that um, you know going through the salary review process we actually have had team members call out others who potentially haven't had as high um, a pay bump as um, the team would have expected because they've been so great on ground. Potentially managers have maybe missed that moment of glory where they've kicked like three goals in that one game, for example. But, you know, I think it's a really prevalent idea that – because it's so transparent, it's also so easily spoken about. Yep. Um, and we talk about it in a very open environment, whether yeah. it be through group emails because we're um, quite remote in terms of how we our workforce is sort of um, set out or it's just called out at you know team meetings, company meetings to say, hey, I actually think Jess should mm. be on at least 15K more. And mm. it's just a very um, – mm. it's quite a productive conversation to have That's right great. there. And then no veils, no closed doors and weird one-on-one meetings. Mm. It's just talked about right there on the table, which is pretty awesome. So uh, we're talking to Ruby Lee here from Cogent. 
um, at the Total Rewards Conference. Oh, hang on. <laughs> Where are we again? No, we're at the Contingent Workforce Conference. <laughs> Perhaps we might need to pull this fabulous conversation back towards the contingent well, worker. Maybe, maybe, Ruby, you could tell us a bit about hiring contingent workers yeah. at Cogent. Tell us a bit about, you know, how does that sort of work? How, does it, how, do you, how have you guys managed that? Small yeah. organisation, I guess. Yeah, very small. So, four, 45, as I've mm. said. So, I think at the moment we're probably sitting at about seven or eight contractors. So, we call them contractors at Cogent. Um, the contractors that we tend to hire are very specialised, very senior contractors in the IT industry. Um, and how we tend to attract them is mainly through kind of a tribe or pack mentality where we attract two or three. They use their networks to then, right. um, you know, to tell, tell others about Cogent. Um, we haven't yet established a really strong employer brand that's definitely part of my remit mm. um, but we're doing things I think at ground level that are keeping contractors engaged um, so from our perspective again contractors um, also have a very open um, salary mm-hmm. uh, type of model um, their daily rates are very um, yet yeah, very open and we have that uh, conversation with them up front with a review to, in 12 months time and yeah so I think contractors for us I mean it's definitely a workforce uh, part of our workforce that's continuing to grow and some of our best employees are our contractors and we love having them on board um, so much mm. so that you know we'd love to have them on permanently but as we've just learnt today in um, in the conference it's probably skewing the other way yeah um, well I mean yeah. the, the other question is do they want to be employing permanent employees as well maybe maybe yeah. the contingent relationship they have with you actually works for them you know yeah I think it generally comes down to you know what levers to kind of pull you know like so if we were to say to contractors come on board full-time they would say well what's in it Mm. why what's Mm. in it for me Mm. I've still I'm still working on some great projects through cogent um you know and there might just be in a different life stage where you know potentially the hourly rate or the daily rate works better for them than Mm. a profit share at the end of the year yeah that's true interesting Mm. I know um before we sort of sat down and, and started chatting earlier, we were sort of talking a little bit about how there's this concept of the side hustle. Oh, yes. Coach. Yeah. yeah. We love a side hustle. Yeah, we hear the side talking hustle. people and <laughs> tech podcasts. Tell, <laughs> tell us first of all about what is the side hustle and then tell us about your side hustle. Okay, okay. I actually came across the term side hustle. You know, we were just we were just calling him out. Good old Gary, Gary v. v. Vayner Nation. <laughs> and honestly, when I first heard this this whole term, I was like, what is this? This just sounds really stupid. Yeah. You know, is it and how does it actually work in real life? I mean, you kind of think, oh yeah, the side hustle, it's really great for entrepreneurs who mm. have had that in their blood and you know, you kind of go, it only happens in America. Um, but yeah, so I guess I'll firstly talk about the relationship with Cogent and side hustlers or giggers or um, I suppose our employment workforce is made up of really entrepreneurial people. Um, So I currently work with a couple who are, you know, in bands. Um, Someone runs a podcast. Um, Someone runs like a a mint company, like a breath mints company. There you go. Yeah, there you go. Um, Which is always handy when you're a podcaster. Yeah, yeah. yeah, Actually, do you have any? (laughs) (laughs) Stand back from the microphone. Um, And so, you know, I think it's become – it's definitely – been very accepted it's you know it's never been um a huge issue around well how how's that going to work between the cogent brand and you know all these other brands and in fact i think it's the way that employers are going to have to shift their Mm. mindset Mm. um it's not about you know being a threat or seeing someone going oh you know you run a podcast does that mean in 18 months you're going to learn how to monetize it and leave the business and what Mm. does this mean for us and i think that's 
traditionally been quite the fear. Mm. Um, but for Cogent, you know, I think being a tech business, there's always people who are thinking about building new apps or, yep. you know, moonlighting um, once they're out of work and working with other employers to help them build um, software. Mm. It's just, I think the norm so yep. in many ways maybe large corporates can you know tear a leaf out of the tech startup world mm. um but also coming back to my side hustles so i um started a blog which is a careers-based community mm. um it started from the fact that i've been in recruiting for 10 years and i generally get a lot of people going hey rubes can you just yeah. check out my cv or you know can you just like write a cover letter for me here's the job ad and yep. i would have just do that happily. Um, so that community started to really grow and develop and I now have about 3,000 in the community, wow. which is awesome. Mm. Um, and so they all sign up to an email list, which gives them access to yeah. free resources on my website. So in there, there's like free templates, like resume templates, cover letter templates, like worksheets on how to write a great bio on LinkedIn, for example. So it's just to get these people job ready. Mm. Um, and it's right? Yeah, and it's a way mm. to kind of scale and grow like my knowledge and to help others that I can't necessarily spend one-on-one -on -one time with. So, yeah, that's what I do in my spare time and blog and come to these conferences and it's a yep. whole lot of fun. And it's part of you. So one of the things that yeah. um, you know, we're very big on is we don't hire a person for a set of skills um, or the experience they have. We, we hire the whole person. Yes. And I'm very interested in what else goes on in their world and, and how working with FK and our clients um, will help them you know, yeah. As well as much as it will help us. Too. Yeah. And you know, if we get when we get that right, it's awesome. Absolutely. You know? I think we're very much in an age as well where we're kind of given a lot of authority around chasing and monetizing our purpose mm. and that it's okay mm. to do that mm. whilst also working with employers that we believe in and love. Yeah. And blending that isn't so much an issue anymore because employers are slowly starting to come around to the idea mm. that hey, this could actually really work for us in both ways. So yep. you guys run a podcast, mm. have day jobs, and you know I'm sure that that works for mm. you in terms of growing your two different audiences or two different Symbiotic. stakeholders. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it is, definitely. I mean, yeah. We've actually, we've had, we have and still currently have a number of employees that have side hustles running. Yeah. We've got one employee that's on a board of a non-for-profit yeah. and we've had another employee that's run a fundraising event every year for NFPs yeah. as we've well. We've had another that's employee that's run a, a, um, a student hostel Accommodation. Wow. In Reliving their youth. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that, was a, that was a proper side hustle. That was yeah, awesome. Yeah, that sounds been, great. Is um, that where the uh, office Christmas party was every year? <laughs> <laughs> no, only the staff. Okay. <laughs> um, interestingly, ANZ uh, Bank mm. um, announced, I think this week in the, in the AFR, um, that they've basically blown their IT division up into what they call called 125 startups. Yeah. Which is kind of cool. Yeah. And that, that's this concept, isn't it? It's like, awesome. Yeah. That is awesome. And I remember reading that going, oh my God, like mm. this is great. I feel it's the start of the snowball effect. Yeah. And it, and you know, ultimately it always comes down to one of the big employers mm. just taking that Having risk. Fun. And I say that, you know, with inverted commas in mind, but I mean, it's not so much a risk anymore these days, mm. but mm. it's just taking it's a the, with a bank. Yeah. It's always a calculated oh, risk. It's always a calculated <laughs> one. But you know, now you've got ANZ putting a brand on the fact that side hustlers are you know, great mm. for their business and they've now got effectively these like mini innovation teams yeah. Yeah. that are effectively acting as their own business units. I think it's great. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's the way of the future. Yeah, right? yeah. And I, it's, it's interesting, I'm looking, I, um, um, I was you know, talking to one of the other um, 
podcasters, sorry, one of the guests <laughs> just before about what the world of work is going to be like for our kids. And yeah. I've got, you know, I've got an 11 year old who will be in the workforce in sort of a dozen years time. Yes. And my fear is that the world, the education system is not preparing them for the, what the world yes. works for. Actually what will, and, and I'm just sort of reflecting on this now, is encouraging the side hustle. Yeah, mm. massively. Right? So my yeah. kids are good. They're, they're good at the side hustle. Yeah. Right? My, my eight year old, um, indulge me for a sec. Like, he's, <laughs> He's not allowed. He's not allowed to use his you know, measly pocket money on buying lollies and things. Yep. Um, but this story got fed back to us um, that he, um, well, dubbed in by his big brother, really. Yeah. That he, that he went to the shop with his with his five dollars, bought some chewing gum. Yeah. And that was a no no. <gasps> uh, but what we found out when we interrogated him later was that he turned his five dollars into seventeen dollars. Because he took the chewing gum, broke <gasps> it up, and sold individual sold pieces. Sold to the older kids on the bus. I a piece love by piece. it. Side hustle. That is Love fantastic. That I okay. So I I'll <laughs> second that story. So I have um, I have a ten year old, yep. and he is obsessed with Minecraft. Like yep. loves so it. Mine. Yeah, you make, you love make it. Money right? off Minecraft. Yeah, yeah, right. And so we've just started to go. All right. Well, why don't we just film you playing? You know, like the picture in picture, like yep. all those YouTubers yeah. like out there. Um, and he's seen me on my YouTube channel, kind of like film and then edit, put it out there. Um, he's like, oh my gosh, like how do I do that? And so we've just started doing that. He's got like 36 followers and yep. like quite an engaged community of 36 he followers have, as well. He'll have 38 tomorrow because oh my. my two kids, <laughs> they spend Henry Dynamo down- looking up. <laughs> It's been every downtime watching Minecraft. Yeah, they oh, do. yeah. So do my yeah. nephews. Like it's, it's actually a complete it's a cultural thing. thing yeah, there, but it's, I think it's actually just talking about these behaviours now that, you know, mm. it's not so much about like, oh, how are you going to monetize it or make, you know, a crap load of profit, but it's just getting them in the behaviours that it's actually their brand yeah. Um, yeah. and they're not reliant on an employer to make them who they are. They mm. make themselves who they are. And I've got a two-year-old who like pulls out, you know, like a piece of paper or something and he pretends he's on a laptop because I'm on a laptop yeah, all the time. It, but yeah. it's these yeah. behaviours, yeah. right, that they observe and they kind of go, oh, my gosh. And you look at them and you're like, oh, my goodness, what am I creating? Yeah. But, yeah, I think it's definitely a prevalent topic in terms of mm. what will our kids' generations look like. Yeah, um, definitely. Yeah. And it's going to be all about the side hustle. I like this one. I think we're going to run with this for a bit. <laughs> Do <laughs> yeah. it. I have a feeling that there's something like going to going to happen in the side yeah. hustle. I'm not yeah. sure what yet, but it's exciting. No, it's me. good. <laughs> I'm actually I'm on a bit of a mission to try and activate the HR practitioner community. Yes. To to really think creatively about what the world of work is going to be like. Start helping to frame the mm. workplace of the future now. Yes. Because I am. Let's start a movement. I'm I am shit scared <laughs> that <laughs> <Yep>. my kids <laughs> will land in you know 2029 20, or whatever it is, mm. in and go. And there's just no jobs this, yeah. and I'm not prepared for it and all this. So yeah. I think we've all got to band together and make this thing happen. Yeah. And that in and of itself is a side hustle. Maybe it's the main hustle. I don't know. Yeah, absolutely. That's a good point, actually. Like, is it's, it's a side hustle? Yeah. It's a very valid point. Yeah. It's, and I think also um, – so I also facilitate grad workshops for large large businesses. And what's interesting is I'm starting to see a shift in the grad economy where employers are now offering them contracts rather than permanent gigs as they used to five years ago, you know, very structured, permanent opportunities Mm. with learning and development Mm -hmm. pathways, whereas now they're taking that a step further to say, look, it's a 12-month contract, let's see how you go. And, you know, the kids coming out of uni, they don't care. They're like, great, 12 months, great experience, you know, and after this, I'm going to learn what I can learn. I'm going to, you know, get as much information from these 
awesome managers or work directly with founders to then go ahead and build my own business. And we're starting to see that shift now. And as that generation becomes parents, I think that's going to be really cool to see what unfolds from that. So I'm not shit scared. I'm probably on the opposite side, like Mm. really freaking excited about what's Mm. to come from it. But also... You know, I think we still have a responsibility to help our kids now yeah. really um, shift their mindset that we're no longer reliant on a massive employer mm. to give you the lifestyle that you want and need. Yeah. You, you can sh- you make can and create You control your that. own career yeah. and you can drive it. Yeah. And we hear it too often, don't we? People saying their career happens to them and that they're not really in the driver's seat. Yeah. And actually this is saying put yourself in the driver's seat. Yeah. I mean, if I said to a couple of, um, you know, my coaching clients, if I said to them, uh, well, you know, let's try and mould you into a role where you can be in for the rest of your life. They would shudder. They would just be like, oh, yeah. that's just awful. Yeah. I would not, you know, that's just not what I want to do longer term. Mm. And so employees need to kind of catch up with that thinking mm. quite quickly. Yeah, like Good. yesterday. Yes. <laughs> oh, yeah. I'm glad the world's changed the way it has because I've been trying to work out what I want to be when I grow up for 40, <laughs> 47 years now. and I, you know, So it's fantastic <laughs> now that I don't – actually, that pressure's not there. Yeah, <laughs> and one of the other chats I had here um, was just around like no one really likes the feeling of being – owned by an employer brand you know it's that's really changed like so you know maybe 15 years ago I used to introduce myself as oh hi I'm Ruby I work for NAB Mm. you know Mm. that was my identity Mm. and now it's like well hi I'm Ruby and I create uh, career communities or you know Mm. just it's something much bigger than that it's about your purpose statement and you know employers are still they're still hanging on to the fact that they own you and that a lot of policies and you know all Mm. the procedures and the legal bits will say that you know if you work for an employer, all the IP you produce in that employed period of time belongs to them. Yep. I think that's just awful. I hate it. Mm. It just ugh, gives mm. me the eeks. Yep, but, agree. you know, like it's it's really shifting. And this is the community to talk to about that. Mm. It is, yeah. They're, they're ready. They're like, yep. yep. So, um, But perhaps the world's not quite ready yet. And um, mm. as much as I've been um, – um, this has been an awesome conversation. I feel like we've, we've probably Come exhausted the time. Him. That we've had. And we've, we've caught, we've sort of jumped onto a topic that I think actually would be interesting to sort of watch. So yeah. we might have to get you back on again in yeah, six yeah. months or a year or something, Ruby. I'd love and that. Maybe, or even uh, for like fortnightly. Yeah. I've seen more frequently than that. <laughs> Let's it's do this. Awesome <laughs> <to it. laughs> I love it. What was it, the, the ultra or the extra extrovert? What was the. Oh, yeah. I'm the. Uh Oh, yeah. What was it? I the, can't remember. <laughs> <laughs> extreme extrovert. The something. extreme extrovert. Thank you very much. Oh, my gosh. I'm going with extra extrovert. <laughs> I flew in from Melbourne this morning. Woke up at 4 a.m. I'm exhausted. Yeah. I'm like, my brain's just not quite catching up. Yeah. So but hopefully about, it's not just. <laughs> but the great thing about extroverts is you fill your battery up. Yeah. By having more and more conversations. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yep. Yeah. Get your energy just, from others. You guys are great. You guys are great. Oh, New you. subscriber say right again, here. Please. You, you guys are great. Subscribe right. today. Yep. Do and it now. Hey, you know what? Let's just save Gary V one more time. We <laughs> love Vayner Nation because now we can probably hook him up and get a thousand, uh, get a million. Um, yes. Add him as a tag. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, we do love the guy. Let's do this. He is fantastic. <laughs> awesome. Well, Ruby, that's been excellent chatting to you. Thanks for coming Thank on you the for podcast. having me along. Yeah. We did clear the room though. Yeah. Everyone's that's how well we did. <laughs> wow. The audience is just amazing. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Thanks for your time. Thank you.